right now and not approving of it in and of itself. So to echo his point, um, apparent contradiction between saying uh, maybe vigilantism is bad and I basically just described parts of a blueprint to make a better one. Um, yeah, there's a, I, have, I personally have a lot of cognitive dissonance on the whole thing. I, I think when I'm being reali realistic, I think usually um, these things are, are not, not only are they not good for everybody else, they're not even good for people doing them. So um, I think when I'm being realistic, this isn't going to go away. If anything, it's growing. And I'd rather see it uh, more effective for even the people doing it. Uh, it's right now, it's just that, that when I talk to people that are participating, right, when I talk to people participating, what they believe they're doing, and then when I go talk to the actual victims, input A is leading to sometimes the opposite intended effect. So um, without that feedback loop, we're just romanticizing about it. And I, I guess what I'm getting at is because people will be taking action, let's improve the game, let's improve the aim. Let me, let me clarify one thing real quick on building a better anonymy. And by the way, we're probably going to write a, a detailed paper on this. Yeah. But building a better anonymous isn't just hmm. better for them, it's better for us. Right. Better for the industry, better for the end uh, consumer. You know, we have ideas that say you can still be effective without causing as much collateral damage in your actions. educating the people that do pick up these tools, you know? So it's like, yeah, some, yeah, cannon fodder, some bored housewife's like, oh, hey, I want to be part of the movement. I download this, I hit a button, yay, I'm part of Anonymous. You know, she doesn't realize that now she's part of a DDoS attack against some corporate entity or military installation or something. So, right, so Anonymous needs to educate their people as much as the public on their goals. And they need, they need to take into account the different international laws of what that might mean to them as well. Yeah, if, if, if after this round we for you know after school programs and some of the arrests that were made you know in the last you know in the last few weeks where you've got you know kids who are clearly you know adolescents who were you know participating in denial of service attacks probably without really understanding the maybe the ramifications of what they do but also technically not understanding you know if you're running a denial of service tool from your broadband account that you're not making life very difficult for the authorities. Some of them don't. And that also that's the question of the command and control structure as opposed to their squealing all the time that they're anonymous and there's no structure. All you three up there is research. It's one thing I think that doesn't, uh, that needs to be clarified is that, I mean, as far as anonymous goes, yeah, it's, oh, no, it's everything's anonymous. It's all just this one giant group in consensus. No, no there, are, there are like five, six, seven, eight different 
sub-crews and genres of people. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to speak to the points that you guys were just making. Um, I'm, I'm Greg Hausch. I've done a lot of the media stuff for the anonymous things. And um, I've been around here. You know, I made the message of Scientology video way back when. And all that that helped start a lot of that early stuff. And uh, to your point about the training and the ideas, one of the gaps that we have there is that if you actually look at a non-ops, there there's a specific channel named New Blood. And they make documents, they make tools, they make things available for you to learn what the problems are. And they're more than willing to explain it all to you. The problem that I've always seen is the disconnect of the people who are really getting in trouble. Like, For the most part, of those 16, two were valuable to them. 14 were, as you said, kind of cannon fodder. They don't see it that way from that side. You know, the Anons don't see it that way. But there's a disconnect But there they right couldn't now. find their way. They weren't even technical enough to find their way to that IRC channel exactly. to get the training. And that, that's where I see the disconnect, because they are actually trying to provide it. Oh, that right. channel is always stocked full of people more than willing to help. Even the training manual that came out recently was not worth the time. No, like, if you can get it in the channel, though, they're willing to walk you through it by hand. It's just the people don't have the technical ability to get I mean, there. That's the where the disconnect linked is. Link to the, you know, lower tools. I mean, you know, yep. for all we know, they, <laughs> they might have found well, the their way to it from one of our stores. Tools, do they link to the things about using secure VPNs, where to go get a good VPN? Uh, exactly. Some of them do. Hi, guys. Yes. We teach kids actually how to, I mean, we've been teaching okay. specifically do what you, they do. Do you teach the board housewife that wants to be part of Anonymous yeah, how no. to find you? No, board housewife, board housewife comes in, I will take time out of my day. I think yeah, time no, out. no question there. Do you teach her how to find you in the first place? Yeah. Well, wait, I, I can speak I'm to that one. I tell everyone, I take any and all comers. The, the I have two email addresses that they email, and I was getting all oh, those emails. Right, okay, okay. Let's, let's, one at a time. I know this is about anonymous, yeah. but let's put some order here. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, Mark C., I'm Department of Defense. Uh, two points from the comments made. First of all, you mentioned about a menu of actions by anonymous, uh, that if you do certain things, then we won't attack you. Mm -hmm. Well, um, by the very nature of being anonymous, there's no way you can hold to that standard. I know. Cool. So that's one point. And the other one is, we talk about anonymous and some of the things, or the subgroups associated with it. And we talk about what, whether or not they're doing good or just doing it for the loops, right? So, but when you start showing passwords of users yeah. from some breach and things like you already that, you already discredit your legitimacy. So anything that you would have done that would have been good and could have progressed the movement. One of my arguments is, is that when they disclose, whether it's Volsec or Anonymous, you know, let's say they get 100,000 credit cards, they don't need to disclose all of them. They right. can take 100 of them, enough so that the company can verify, mm -hmm. yes, this is our data. They can sanitize even parts of that. Passwords, show the first three characters, the last three characters, whatever. There are ways scramble to scramble the mix of you know, they, oh, they, don't, they don't care about that. Well, no, they but don't. That's, that's what I'm saying is that he's saying that they undermine their own credibility and they hurt but themselves they by doing it. They don't, they don't desire some of them do, though. Some of them want to advance their their cause. And there are a lot of drivers. I mean, I mean, there are things from doing it. Um, some people believe that the world is full of fossil word door frames, and they believe their actions will cause and catalyze the upgrade to steel doors, so we don't have a failure that really hurts. And there's a, there's a large group doing that. that I don't I don't believe a large or even a portion of the members in that group really give a shit. About improving the state of security. What, what, one thing that's been interesting, one thing that's been interesting in this in this debate is the complete lack of realization that as this activity increased, it had brought in a tremendous amount of worldwide support from a disaffected majority, a silent disaffected majority that feels marginalized, and they're truly evolving into a. Um, a, a insurgent type of resistance ideology, and, and you'll see 
more destruction against DOD, more data breaches, and more political actions. And I think it's the political angle that seems to be most interesting versus the very strict, narrow view that these are just right. kids and hacktivists. Yeah. You're not talking about the 30 and 40 year old people that are deep within the security community, deep within internals that are also playing the space that are smart enough not to get caught. Right, that's so. an important question, which is anonymous as, as symptom rather than cause, and symptom of this feeling of disenfranchisement, uh, you know, kind of their, their hands pulling the strings, or wheels turning that we can't see and which, we don't control. It wouldn't rise if But isn't that, the, isn't that the, the stem of all vigilanteism, is that it's the feeling that the control structures that are supposed to be in place are failing, and so you have to take something into your own hands? And I mean, isn't that? Right. Okay. Eleanor, do you have a question? So, so what, where, what's the line? You know, is it okay if they uh, compromise servers and say that they've uh, got, they have data, but they, you know, obscure the passwords? Or, I mean, what, what, where, what, what you know, what, what are the standards? Well, they don't have a line, really. But what do you guys think as uh, leaders in the that, community? I'm saying that they could draw their own line to say that, yes, we compromised it, or you know, even if they uh, send the proof to one or two journalists who can validate the information, the journalist takes it, goes to the company, says, you know, blah blah blah, hack this, is this legitimate? The company's like, oh crap, you know. Either way, it's still that doesn't actually oh, happen, though. I mean, uh, in dealing with it, I, I've, I'm right there in that front line, specifically doing that. I, I, it doesn't happen. I'm saying it could, should. No, the, you go to the press with the material; they don't do anything. The thing that happens is you go to them with the material; they do nothing, and then you go back to the anons, and they DDoS the website. Then the press come and talk to me. Then they write a paragraph about the DDoS, which is all people wanted to hear about, and three paragraphs of what the anons really wanted them to say in the first place. And that's actually what's going on right here. Is, is we reach out all the time, Look, without and they ignore it. Without it's not a bad question, but I want to recast the question. Okay. What we think the line should be is irrelevant. I'm simply saying whoever's doing this has a goal, whether it's a, an explicit goal, whether it's a single point goal or a three point goal, whatever the goal is. I was suggesting I've seen the, the actions in pursuit of their own goal compromised by some of the, the noise, the cannon fodder, the bad press coverage. So there's a way to render more explicit, this is what we want to accomplish, and then have a way to figure out in the feedback loop if the actions are helping accomplish that or hurting accomplish that. Right now, it's a signal to noise problem. So whether that's fewer things that are higher caliber like uh, the chaotic, uh, not chaotic, collateral murder video, instead of thousands of docs and thousands of pieces of noise, if you're trying to raise awareness, if you're trying to raise awareness, you're not just rounding it. Gary or this sort of skull that was going on, 
Um, you didn't need 70,000 emails to do that. Once the hack happened, there was internal pressure to get No. Okay. That, that's, uh, I, you know, that channel that actually did that was seven people large, and I was sitting in it. And um, Aaron Barr was attacked specifically not because he tried to dox Anonymous, because 100,000 people have done that. Look at Web Ninjas, look at Jester, look at all these other people that they don't go after because they don't care. When they were sitting there looking at that document, they, since the media just bothers me all day long about this type of stuff, uh, they knew I was going to, well, I was going to get emails and phone calls if they did this to HP Gary. So they said, just join the channel because there's going to be a shitstorm and you're going to get phone calls and we want you to tell them what we did. Um, and so I'm sitting in there and they specifically went and got the document because it existed, not because they were going to destroy anything and they left the network. They're looking at the document and if that document had been even 50% correct, they were talking about, yeah, well, as long as this is the close, Aaron Barr, this is the spreadsheet, the spreadsheet that he was going to show to the FBI, of course. Uh, they were talking about, yeah, fair game. I mean, that's the battle. That's, we are targets. You can come at us. The problem they had in the argument that I watched for nearly five hours why they decided whether they were going to do this or not was, are, is it all right for him to go to the FBI with this list of people who are not right, who are all just public citizens, most who saw news articles and joined an anonymous group on Facebook and, you know, with his unbelievably flawed methodology, uh, and let them open up records and start calling these people. Maybe go to their houses, question them, you look into things. Did these people deserve all these records? No. And that's when they decided to destroy them. You know, for everyone who's kind of on the fence or not sure if they agree with their actions, one of the things that anonymous, that you need to realize about anonymous is if you disagree with their actions, go get into the chat rooms and speak your voice. Because the reality is, when they do na launch these operations, everyone's going in there and giving their feedback. And when enough people start saying, no, no, don't go this way, go this way, that's inappropriate, don't do that, those voices are listened to. Yeah. So the whole purpose of Anonymous was for the people to finally be anonymous as a democracy, that's kind of scary. Well, <laughs> a democracy, no, but a community, yes. Well, no, yeah, there are rational people who uh, appreciate a viewpoint. The reality is, the, the majority of the people that are in Anonymous are probably at this convention, right? Oh, yeah, we right. know that there's probably, you know, <laughs> so, hundreds if not a thousand. I'd like to push back on the concept of limiting what you release. So yeah, they, you know, they released emails between Aaron and his wife about their marital problems. It probably was inappropriate from anybody's point of view. But if I see somebody releasing information and they only release 20%, then I think they're tailoring. Like and why? I'm like, I don't even want to look at the yeah, data. It's I hear, bullshit because they're, they're telling their side of the story. They release everything. They're letting me see what the story is. Oh, so I kind stop, of stop. You say that, but did you actually read 70,000 mails from H.P. Gary? Uh, or did yeah. you? <laughs> okay, you did. Did you? I, I, you specifically. No, I think he was searched for what I was interested in. anonymization on all of that, it's still the same valid data. And you can say, okay, here's what it was before, here's what it changed. These are the, this is what we put into anonymized, and here's the MD5 from the original, here's the MD5 from that. If you made it through Finnegan's Week, you can make it through the 70,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. David.
rather than talking about individual instances about this, you know, the, the idea of building a better anonymous uh, is it possible to have a, you know, a, a movement that, um, you know, that's for transparency, but isn't trans you know, that, that can find a way to, to live by that itself, and is there a way to be against collateral damage and not, you know, I think that's where most of the people emotionally struggle with this, is where we go, yeah, you know, some of these people probably fucking deserve it. On the other hand, some of this, there's a lot of collateral damage that really, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of us really struggle with. I'd love to hear at a higher level versus. Well, there's going to be a fundamental contradiction no matter what, you know, just like you summarized, even if it becomes a better anonymous, you can shut down any newspaper they feel like shutting down. We have a, a mass media which doesn't do their jobs. They're pretty much bought and paid for. And that's why anonymous needs to be improved so much because we haven't got a mass media and people aren't getting any news. I mean, infotainment can't, can't foster a democracy. Infotainment doesn't do anything. Yeah. That's a really big problem that I know for a fact. The commercial, I mean, yeah, no, the I media has just become a commercial lapdog. Yeah. I, I think the, the bigger frame is we're seeing a new era mm -hmm. of weaponization, and you're going to see groups instead of nation states as just interested people coming mm -hmm. together to use that weapon for whatever purpose they want. Mm -hmm. You know, this gentleman here is an embedded reporter. For anonymous, there's some people here just talking about the recruiting methods and the training or the boot camp and how effective it is. You got these private stories. Was he invited to us? This is exactly what's happening. I have no idea. Please, please, can I interrupt just one minute? I'll be in slight that he was going to participate. Right. So, a little bit of tactic, a little bit of intent. This one was the first question. So, as mom, when you have a little kid and they have that box with all those little uh, pieces that fit in. After a while, you say, no, no, I want to do this for you. Put this in here, put this in here, put this in here. One of the things that I hear from you guys, and I sort of reflect it out in the audience, and it's one of the things I'm a little worried about with the camp here, is that you're asking kids to think this way. Would we have had any of these informations if we asked kids to only think this way? They have to sometimes make these weird forays, and I, I worry a little bit about the message. DEF CON kids is the weird foray, right? The, the <laughs> institutional <laughs> school they're sitting in is the... Right, but, right. Is, but is it a school? Are we telling them that because we, uh, we think this, we are weird and think this way with your rules? Yeah. Are you going to get these other information? And you said, for instance, with the uh, information about uh, HP Gary, this happens all the time. Well, do, do all of us know? No. Would no. all of us have known? <clears throat> The people in that room know because they're in the information security field, but for right. the most part, outside of that room, yeah, people don't understand that. And that's one thing as an example where I think the media kind of yeah. broke down. They focused on HP Gary when they could have said, well, wait a minute, you know, there's but, 20 other companies that are doing it. But my point is, how do we, if we didn't encourage these kids to get that, that stuff out there, would that message have gotten enough? Traction, even via conversation. The, these boot camps are a good thing. Like in the Boston area, we just started for the first time Hack Kid Con, mm -hmm. this DEF CON mm -hmm. kids thing. I mean, mm -hmm. which is the same organization. And, and by the way, any rules we come up with, by our very nature, we're going to break them. It's, it's more a matter of exposure, right? And uh, maybe trying to just uh, teach some cause and effect. Like, like I'm, not said, even, I'm not even trying to like undermine the thinking. goal. Right. I'm trying to make people more effective at it. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, and it, the DEF CON kids is totally off topic for us, but I mean, no, I, no, I yeah, I know. But I, I think one of the things that DEF CON kids and Hack kids speak to is there's a real, uh, you know, I think sort of, you know, 
public education system, education system in general is failing us. But there's a real lack of um, uh, education awareness on the part of parents and kids about um, you know online safety, um, uh, you know how to conduct yourself online, how to protect yourself online. How do you know for these kids who got swept up in this raid? Uh, you know, how did that? You know, why wasn't there someone there to kind of say, hey, look? You know, why isn't the level of awareness to say you don't want to be involved in this, well, or if you are involved in this, here's why. That's not but, quite my but anyway, there's something like Hack it, right. that they're running. Right. But when you go and you take kids to that, they're making ice cream out of, uh, you know, yeah. you're right. not, uh, I, I, I was on the responsibility, like disclosure panel there, and you're trying to talk to eight-year-olds and like get them into this mindset of like, our entire panel was, what is a hacker? Is this food hacking count as that? Yeah. Where are you gonna define yourself in the community? Right. There and was a mix of food hacking and epic. Yeah, so, and yeah. so it's like you're trying <laughs> to get that in there at the same time, but right. that's what they're doing over there. They're not debating. What I want to pick this gentleman back here. Yeah, all right, so I actually don't want to talk about Anonymous. I want to talk about the panel and what we just saw over there. So I know Josh personally. The rest of you I only know through what I've read of your writings online. Um, I'm going to skip over the whole big philosophical argument of justifying or not justifying the doing activities. So that's huge. Like, this isn't what every, everybody, everybody keeps making these big, waving political statements. This is a bunch of kids hacking shit, fucking shit up. Like that's. I'm them about their actions. I don't give a shit about fucking anonymous right now. Okay? Well, yeah, yeah, but you're talking about rights. We're talking, we're talking about, we're talking about vigilantes. Right. You put up a list. You say corporations, you do these things. You step out of line. You do something I don't like. You get smacked. Yeah. That's not right. Get, get at me with that list. We'll talk. Well, you're having a double standard. So if you do it both ways openly, that's fine. If you do it both ways, not all that's fine. But saying some of this is as long as you're not belligerent and idiotic about it, it's it's generally not a problem. I, that's the message I felt. So I think yeah. we might. Have, you know, well, you we. I think Josh is right. If you if you got that impression that we that we you, didn't you do our job. In my government. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. Towards the end of the towards the end of the presentation, we talked about allowing people, or maybe changing laws to allow people to to take offensive. Or to gain offensive capabilities. Lawful hackbacks. Yeah, lawful hackback, exactly. Does that extend to corporations? I mean, these are the these are the organizations that don't have the transparency that we talked about at the beginning of the talk that can't can't govern a hypothetical law that allows strike back hypothetically applies to corporations. I mean, now you're you're going out. So we're we're in a state right now where what, the military is talking about kinetic attacks against those who attack us in the digital realm, and they're not even talking about attribution. Right. Yeah. But the point, the point is the hackback thing, from a corporation point of view, if you're getting hacked and, and it's not by anonymous, it's by a criminal gang, why the hell wouldn't you be allowed to hack that? Why wouldn't we pick up the phone and call law enforcement? Though? You're not allowed no, to no, hack that, back that, because that you don't know who you're attacking. They bounce through someone else's server, exactly. and all of a sudden you're so, attacking so all corporations. My box at it's home more is more point is, if you allow that, that's Well, and that speaks to the team theme of this thing, because, you know, again, the, the, the ostensibly that was about, well, we think this is RICO, we think this is a corrupt organization, let's hire Palantir and H.B. Gehring. That sounds plausible, but of course, that's not their so, job. So that's, now yeah, it's the people with the money to win, right? I'm just saying. With one line, I can... I can definitively say why strike back is a bad idea.
the person that failed to secure their system that doesn't is not competent enough to identify who attacked them. So all of a sudden, if they attack back, it's more collateral damage, and it does more harm than good. We're not going to make the law right here today. I think the point is because people perceive law enforcement to be inept, or because there's ambiguity, we're seeing. A lot of my former colleagues from previous security jobs have disappeared, yeah. and they're doing these private sector, sure. private hired gun things. There's an entire market that doesn't go to RSA and doesn't have a booth at DEF CON, and most of our friends work there. So, so, so where's the transparency then? I mean, we, we, we live in a democracy that has laws, that has law enforcement. So, so when you start seeing institutions like that come along, that are hired, that are hired guns, that are hired by corporations that don't owe anybody any transparency. Now all of a sudden, you know, you, you may be in a, you know, part of the yeah, federal damage. I, I mean, I think all this happens in the absence of a strong, uh, you know, federal regulatory framework that says, you know, we're gonna we're gonna wade into this and say, you know, beyond you know, wire fraud and the, and the anti-hacking laws. This you know, is, there's a lot of this. there's I mean, a lot of press in the room, and my challenge to the press is. Let's not talk about DDoS attacks and who got pwned, yeah. because we're missing these much better conversations about why do we need an anonymous in the first place, right. and what's the underground reaction to it. Let's talk about the second. Do you have a question? Do you have your hand up? What difference does it make what kind of attack it is? You said that it's if they send concrete or they only put out an email, it's still an attack. You're still making something bad happen to someone because you didn't like what they did. How is that ever justified? You're a vigilante at that point. You are a vigilante at that point. And that's not, that's a slippery slope to, you know, you're a good guy, you're gonna pick good targets, but who's to say the next guy isn't gonna pick something else? Right now they're attacking the police. They are intelligent Topiary got arrested. How is that ever justifiable? Tope got popped because Tope got popped. Like that, like that right there. You don't have a right to attack the police because they're doing their job and arresting you. No, no, whoever, whoever threatens my kids, my students, whoever threatens me personally, whoever threatens my crew, whoever threatens people I like, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell you here straight out of my mouth, not anonymous, but me. You fuck with me, I'll come at you, period. I don't give a fuck whether you're the police, who you are. If you come at me and you threaten what happens to me, what makes my day-to-day -day life enjoyable, I will fuck your day up. Like, just, just playing out. I don't care, I don't care if you're Arizona PD. <laughs> 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 so, so, all right, could you guys take that offline maybe yeah, later and let's let's keep going up here? No, we're getting off the subject. So, um, just before the, the talk started, uh, Mike Dawn sent out a, a tweet that I thought was kind of random, and it really wasn't. It was a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien. It says, it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step out onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. And this is exactly the point we have. A lot of these people don't have the capability of keeping their own feet. They're not watching out for themselves when they get involved in these kind of attacks. And Aaron Barr is a great example of someone on our side or who thinks he's, who puts on the white hat hat and doesn't realize it's getting soiled through his own actions 
and that was ends one up. Thing that he wanted to say on the panel right, and he, that he started down a road, and eventually he looked up and he's like, "Oh shit! I crossed my ethical line at the you know first mile marker, and I'm standing at mile marker 10." Yeah. We, we weren't going to defend it, but I mean, he, even, he didn't even just violate other people's moral frameworks; he violated his own. Yeah, yeah and it's really easy to do that. And if you don't have, the, if, if you're down on the on the black black hat side where you don't have an ethical framework, sure, you're going to go and do all of this. But like you said, that line across the center really doesn't exist because you don't, and honestly, most people float around those edge pieces all the time. Well, and mm -hmm. also let's look at, you know, uh, well, you know, let's look at, you know, Aaron Barr was somebody who was under a lot of pressure as the CEO of a fledgling startup that was, you know, in danger in, 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 in cho choppy waters financially. And he was looking to make something happen. And, and uh, I think all of us can sort of put ourselves in that situation and say, you know, I gotta that's, make something that's a very specific. I think your point was more abstract. Like that's the why the reason I use the word deliberate a lot. I wasn't saying what the right answer was. I was just saying be very deliberate that you know what you're trying to accomplish and that your actions are aligned with securing what you're trying to accomplish. I think a good point. I understand that a lot of young, and we know that. But this is the new future. This is the new state. Most of us are already in our middle age or or, or later part of our careers where we have a certain age of thinking. There's a lot of fucked up shit in this world going on right now. Budgetary stuff, corporate abuses, banks bent us <coughs> over two years ago. There's a tremendous amount of fucked up shit in the real world. And I think that the collective skill set of these people lending their enhanced intelligence and techniques in a sort of a digital insurgency um, could potentially serve a good thing. I certainly would never advocate you know, targeting cops or anything like that. But at the meta game, taking down large-scale corruption, corruptive governments, these are things that our government should be doing, is toppling corrupt governments. These are 16-year-old cold uh, kids and uh, you know, using digital insurgency methods to take out entire, doing entire strategic sea changes where we've abdicated the strategic responsibility for doing that. So I would encourage everybody here to actually listen to them and realize that things have changed and things will progress on this new paradigm and we better get with the program. One thing that, uh, that I think I would like to see taken away from this for all the DOD and NSA that have come here, the talk was about making Anonymous better and I think they have a role to play in making Anonymous better too. Uh, one of the big fears is that all this information gets leaked and no one's really filtered it, perhaps the DOD NSA could take a lesson and start writing blogs and advising people of, this is how you actually take into account that soldier in the field and make sure that you're not risking him. All right, this is how to really think about filtering this information about someone's personal lives before you just throw that out there. Well, and and here's the one. legal ramifications that you're looking at. assets well, in Afghanistan <coughs> being just and, out there hanging out. And, and I'm Josh's sure that the government's going to ignore it, the but they really should take I think that. that gets to Josh's I mean, I've seen proposed legislation language. It's messed up. I mean, such horrible, horribly bad assumptions. It's legislation doing this, and it's not the actual yeah. intelligence officers that really should be stepping up and making their voice heard. Because yeah, I mean, I, I think I've been in the OD. The, the, the scary thing people is, I think the, the, the knowledge gulf between the people in this room and the people That's who are huge. making legislation <laughs> yeah, on well, Capitol <laughs> Hill is, is yeah. enormous. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about the WikiLeaks let's model. Talk, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the way, way the intermediate needs Lock. to go because our media doesn't work. So it needs, to, it needs so, to move in that direction. Uh, I, 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 I think, I think one of the things that people need to keep in mind is that 
the whole anonymous concept didn't come from the InfoSec community. It's not like in a late, it's not a gobbles. It's, it started like with, you could say with 4chan as an anime community that moved towards a gaming community, that moved towards a griefing community. And that's their background. It's not, like the, the whole hacking overlap is something pretty recent. That's a really good point. And That's I think really it just needs to be kept in mind. Same, that at the same mm -hmm. time, they have to now realize, since they've started that ball rolling, what Kofor Black said in his keynote address at Black Hat is very true. Since Stuxnet, the real war is the fifth battle space. And if we have, <laughs> you know, say, say a bunch of these lulzy types decide that they don't like a power company, and they start attacking it, and there's a SCADA system that's just hanging on the internet. That what could happen? happen. No. Never happen. Right. So, well, again, it's the nature of, of uh, vigilantism. Being, being responsible about right. it, knowing what you're doing, but, you know, right now, it's so splintered. They're, they're going in every direction, and they're just children with toys. Well, it's always, it's always been splintered, though. I mean, the people who started Anonymous and started Operation Payback started their own IRC network to start doing that. And you know, when I, when I went over there to see what was going on and you know, talk to these people and you know, see you know, what they were doing because the press were asking me about them and I had no clue, we had two other IRC networks that were anonymous. I didn't, I'd never met a single one of these Anons. They had never taken part in a single op. Most of them hated 4chan and you know, never went there. And you know, that, that is the power of it, though. That, you know, we went over there, we talked, like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? What are, what are your ideas? Oh, you need better copies of the logos. You know, here you go. You know? But it was, it was literally that separated that I had never heard of any of these people. And don't forget that Anonymous, um, to go on with what you said, is a grassroots movement. It came out of a grassroots uh, anger and in the early, early days included a lot more diverse people. You know, oh, yeah. people, who, people, had people who said, do I don't want to do anything illegal, I don't want to hurt anyone, but I'll go to a protest and I'll make some signs and I'll help transportation and get people there. And it started out as this really, really diverse group and then kind of if you weren't into like if you said, oh, I don't want to do anything illegal, you just dropped out after a while. And I mean, in the early, early days, it, w it start started initially just with the 4chan kids, but then you'd find out that it was, like you said, housewives and stuff. But I think, uh, I think the early days was much more true grassroots. And I really appreciate a grassroots movement out of, like, you know, well, like you where said, the beef and vendetta came. It was grassroots, but it had a completely different thing. It was yeah. griefing and, you know. Well, I mean, kind of the transition right after the griefing into a lot of people started hopping in and saying, I kind of agree with your, and like I said, that, you know, it did protests. It did, you know, people helping each other. There was this really, really diverse thing. And you didn't have to back everything they did, and you didn't have to do anything illegal. You, you well, could yeah, be an anonymous. Just like everything else, Whereas the protests were like, accidents. Yeah, but There I mean, were five they, of us in a channel when we decided to ask people to go protest. Yeah, and, and I it, saw... It was just because we had nothing better to do that night. I saw several IRC yes. channels, over 100 people, <clears throat> right. and we're talking, you know, parents with kids, parents bringing their kids, <laughs> all wearing the V for Vendetta. We had a lot of that. Because they felt yeah. like they were saying something. But that's not now. In the fairly recent past. Well, if you look at the recent past, and we're talking about that, like the kids, the parents, everything, when the attacks on Visa, MasterCard, and PayPal were going on, the one thing that I saw, having one of the email addresses that is way out there that everyone likes to email, you're not anonymous at why we protest there, I started getting these emails from AOL addresses that were all caps. The emails were all caps in like two sentences with misspellings, and the names were, you know, Maud and things like this, you know, e easily 60, 70 year old people. And the emails were all, all of them, literally, I don't know how to do what you guys are doing, but I have a computer and an internet connection. Can I help? And, and could you point me in the right direction? And I'm sitting here looking at these and knowing that it's going to a Gmail address and thinking, if I even respond to this email, I'm part of the conspiracy. So 
Oh well, but I, I was getting anywhere from 100 to 150 of those an hour for a, about a week and a half period during that. Yes, sir. Um, one of the things is like I don't know particularly how educated you all are, but I've been in the scene. I've been in the scene for a long time. I remember back when it was Church of Scientology, back when they did come over and started talking to kids like goons, other griefers, other trolls, and like that's I mean that's where it really came from. Is it? Everyone's saying, oh, it's this big political... No, it's a bunch of fucking trolls that said, I don't like this. So guess what? I'm going to spend my evenings harassing the absolute piss out of these people. And guess what? People started saying, hey, I like this. I can see, I can go out and I can go and I can talk shit to these people too. You know? <laughs> a bunch of people that were scared to say shit now because of, honestly, a bunch of trolls. It, it didn't start as grassroots. It started yeah, as a group of griefers that melded into a grassroots campaign. Yeah, but it attracted yes. people because when they once they stated morality, and I think post griefing pre Visa Mastercard, there was something that we could have done something with, but then it went all black, you know, all legal. Yes. Um, regardless of the direction that this ends up going or that comes out of this, is the sheer volume uh, of words that it's generating in the media, and that my mom now knows who Anonymous is, <laughs> and uh, then the, like Sony stuff happens, and now nobody can get at their games, and all of a sudden it's in the press eye and the people's eye, uh, does that constitute a full InfoSec employment initiative? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but this is exactly my point. The Early fact that 60 Minutes sure is doing how, it. How well I made it, but we have, we are, you know, just a, there was a breach a week this year, more than a breach a week this year, so it is high profile, but what happened was the people that weren't paying attention to it, they got really, really fucking scared for two weeks, and they don't like, well, nothing bad's happened. Well, this wasn't that big. Well, this was just defacement. Well, you know, I mean, like, if Sony, like, fired their, you know, security division, and then crap happened, and now they're probably going to hire some people back. A I lot know. of other companies are probably also, you know, so they're going like, to hire them back, and let's they're going to pass their PCI checklist, and they're still going to get phones. I mean, yes. But people still have jobs. 0.001% of the budget to go have fun with right. Securus, mm -hmm. and of course they're going to be like, yeah, that bought us coffee, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll still make really good money. <laughs> oh, the, the people actually in the security roles, yeah, they will. Hey, there was an article last week that they create jobs. I mean, isn't, isn't this the important part for us as a security community? But there was an article last week before the, the WellSec campaigns. There was, they're saying statistically a 0% unemployment rate in IT security. So we, we already had a pretty safe job to begin with. I don't think this is about job security. It's more about, uh, this was a point I poorly made, which is, for the subgroups that actually think they're going to improve security by demonstrating a, a poor security, it's not actually, when, to, when you pull that thread all the way through, the execs aren't getting the message. They thought about it for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Every financial organization I worked with and spoke to across the communities in, in Europe, they, did, they were panicking for two weeks, and then it didn't hit them. Right. Went back to the oh, we're safe now. But I don't think anyone was ever trying to point out Sony's security when they when that happened. That was the after effect. What they were trying to do is say, hey, you wouldn't fucked with Jihad because that's, that's he's just story. trying to be that's a researcher. Well, actually, that, Fuck you. that that was what a lot of people believed and a lot of the press did. But if you were sitting in the channel when it happened, everyone in that channel that decided to go do the attack very specifically argued with each other about, we don't care about Jihad for one reason. He wanted to fight, you know, that he should be able to post this stuff. Sony actually told him, they gave him an out. They said, you can hack your device all you want, you own it. Don't post it on the internet. That's the part that's breaking the law. Do whatever you want to your own device. And the kids in Anonymous that were actually in the channel that did the attack, they, they're sitting there saying, you know what? 
Okay, fine, cool. Yeah, we don't really care about that guy anyways. He's kind of a douche in his videos. But then Sony went to YouTube and said, give us all the IPs of everyone who viewed a video he put up. And right then they went, oh, now we're pissed. And it was the same thing just like with H.P. Gary, where it wasn't that, you know, it was Aaron Barr or anything specific. It was that here were all these innocent people that were about to get, you know, again. And it was that, that part right there that made it happen. Again, to the press, you just very well explained the nuanced decisions of go, no, go on an attack. Yeah. I don't think the rest of the world understands or hears that. I know. I'm more than willing to talk about it. <laughs> um, my name is Zoe. I'm a reporter with NPR. And this is a little bit off, so we can talk about it later. But um, and it's hard to generalize about a huge group like Anonymous, but how does Anonymous make money, people who are doing it as their full-time work? They don't. Most people in Anonymous lose money by paying for IRC servers and yeah, websites and it, DDoS it, protection for their own stuff. I don't think a single person sees it as a job. No. No. Wish it was. But it's not. And that's really just to offload the cost of hosting servers yeah. at PRQ that are in a nuclear bunker to make sure they don't get <laughs> fucked with. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not a money. Not it's about losing. They might. That's how they, 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 most, many of them who are teenagers. But if you feel strongly about it, you gladly yeah. donate Definitely. your money for any cause. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Good question. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring the conversation back to the Sony attack. Uh -huh. Can you speak I up just a little bit? <clears throat> wanted to confirm. Does do people think the first leak on Sony, which was the 75 million on PSN, do people still think that that was caused by anonymous? Actually, the, you're, you're right it, about that. It, it, it was not. That it was not anonymous. No, the timeline we maintain shows very clearly anonymous was yes. part of a denial of service attack. Then after that, it gets real fuzzy. And then other people are like, well, LulzSec, they were the ones all over Sony. Well, yeah, they did like three, four things. There was someone else that did almost twice as much as LulzSec. And we have as many that are And the credit card leak wasn't them the either. Attacks. No, they used the cover of what LulzSec and what Anon were doing and right. said, oh, it's open and everyone's going to blame them. And they went in and did it. Right. Right. But that's exactly actually, what Anonymous is for. Yeah. Oh. Right. But yeah, LulzSec oh, actually encouraged other people to attack Sony and turn it into a contest. And they were tweeting about it. They were like, oh, LulzSec 4, you know, this person 5, you know, <laughs> yeah. who's going to take the next right. score? Right. So yeah, no, Anonymous had very little to do with Sony. I didn't yep. think for a nanosecond that the, the credit card, the second credit card one, was the, was not. I'm talking about the initial one where everybody's like. The 77 oh million God, wasn't them either. A lot of people made the assumption that because Anonymous was part of. The, well, that not. It's the operational security is different. I mean, Anonymous will post what they're doing where they're going to play it all. I mean, with the private group. Well, well with the, the private groups are like motivated small groups that have very high operational security. Yeah. But, well, I think the way that but you, you can still claim to be an Anyone can claim it. Absolutely. So, so, so chaotic, yeah. I mean, you know, as reporters, you, you know, it's something they're broadcasting from their Twitter account. You know, that's something that you might say, okay, well, there's there's attribution here, assuming that, you know, we don't, but we don't know who has access to that account. Right. I know. I know. Exactly. Right. It is very nice. Yes. And and for a corporation, uh, you know, there's, you know. Write a lot about uh, uh, corporate espionage and spying, and, and obviously there are cyber criminal groups out there. You know, anonymous does provide a great kind of plausible deniability to it, right? Which I do my hack. I type "We are Legion," you know, on some text file. I'm out the door, and everybody's looking at anonymous instead of. When we, you know, when we looked at all the breaches this this just this spring, what made me angry was everything is either a Chinese APT cyber coup or it's anon. And even when it's not, sometimes we just 
did horribly bad security, and they're, they're able to pin it on Anon instead of taking responsibility of doing really bad security. So it's become an incredibly easy scapegoat for yeah. these orgs. There's going to be corporations out there. They realize they've been hacked. First thing they do is open up NAP, Notepad, right. type in we are Right. Well, the right. next iteration would have been had, Westboro. had Aaron not gotten outed, used Anonymous to do these attacks well, the reason for a corporation. Was that he could have done all this wonderful kick-ass attribution information and docs, whatever, and the dumbass should have released it anonymously. He <laughs> 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 should have gotten the information right. Hold on, that that would have been step one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's assume that he did it right and had actually really good. You know, here's one salient point here. Attribution is a huge issue that's under-addressed by this collective intelligence. A lot of people in the security community that I've talked to in antivirus and other security companies won't touch attribution with that effing stick. You've seen multiple um, APT and other revelations this weekend, and, and, and um, you know, company, big, large companies that have official policies, well, we don't discuss attribution. We don't discuss this, that, and the other. Yeah, I know. But the point is, it's an underserved area of research. It's an underserved area of research that could potentially be a disruptive game changer for a variety of things, for anonymous, for nation states, or whatever. That it's not being addressed right now. Whose ringtone is that? Look at look at the Stuxnet stuff. There was disinformation put in in the in the attribution. Like, I, I think the whole attribution thing is an interesting debate, which we won't start here. But um, you know, think about if you're participating in this stuff. There's, there's obviously our intelligence community is going to participate and infiltrate, and there's going to come a point where how do you maintain the brand of anonymous, and how do you make sure that the members are actually not? <laughs> I mean, this is going to get all circular and stupid, but um, I think there's going to have to, if you think about this five years out, even there's going to have to be almost like a, a leviathan governing body within. Now tell me what's the difference for me as a kid saying that I'm with cyber jihad, Turkish hackers rule, fuck everybody else, and then throw in some shit from Google Translate and anonymous. I mean, it's it's the same thing. They're they're di those are kids are dime a dozen. Any sysadmin's gonna take a look at it. And he's gonna be like, oh Jesus Christ, how did that happen? And walk along. Off point. I make my question. Okay. I mean, how much damage has anonymous really caused? And, and how much have they just annoyed? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like real, like you know, collateral damage for all the, all damage. that we've written about them. HP Gary Federal has been okay, but how much? How much? Well, that's Sony's 10Q, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just asking. They put someone's life at risk. Yeah. Can't monetize that. I'm asking how much. So, so is the it Arizona a lot? Police is it is a, lot. a little bit? Is it? Are, are they? Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not making. I'm not espousing a position. I'm asking a question. Well, I mean, I think that I think that it's hard to know, but that saving other people's lives. You know, certainly Sony. He gets it. Okay. Certainly Sony suffers. You know, substantial financial. Huh? You said it was a rounding error. It's a rounding error compared to the Fukushima nuclear disaster, yes. I mean, yeah. it, it was but, still I mean, quite it, large. You know. <laughs> nice to meet you, by the way. I'm Greg.